snuck up on me it's friday good morning beautiful people happy friday welcome to love babs love talk on babs rolls ivy it's friday in the elm and the weather is good today tomorrow not so much sunday not so much monday not so much but baby we squarely in let me stop banging my table because every time i bang my table i knock myself offline how's everybody doing i had a good time last night last night was good I had a really good time. I, I had some lunch with my 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 sister friend Ife. We went to Manhari's, and let me tell you, I had a. Now I've never done this, and I'm telling you, it's the power of the Olympic. <laughs> I had a half a sandwich and a cup of soup. That was my lunch. Normally, when I go there for lunch, I have a whole sandwich, a whole bowl of soup, and uh, and chips. I had half of that was really nice i had chips because i love chips and uh and then i had uh i had a half a tuna fish sandwich i don't know that just seemed to make a really good tuna fish sandwich over there manhari's and uh and a butternut squash soup which was you know the usher in the first day of fall wasn't a bad thing was not a bad thing oh my god it was so delicious and filling and yummy and it was so good that you know when i showed up at the uh cornell scott event i wasn't hungry so i didn't eat any of the hors d'oeuvres and i got there and um uh, carla had ordered me chicken which was fine but i had to send my chicken back they had to make me a special chicken without all the butter on it <laughs> and cream and all that stuff so they roasted up a beautiful piece of chicken for me which was moist and tender and they put it on a bed of quinoa, which was really, really nice. Uh, and and uh, and some roasted peaches, which I had I've not had peaches in a very long time. So that was nice. So after I had lunch with Ife, I ran over. We ran over to uh, Possible Futures Bookstore, had some rosé. <laughs> you know, that's our our bookstore bar. <laughs> had some rosé. Uh, left there. Uh, I left there, picked up my kid, picked up Margo, and then went to uh, and went over to the lawn club for the uh, 55, 55th anniversary, uh, birthday of the Cornell's Hill, Cornell Scott Hill Health Center. And uh, this is what I got for my troubles. I got two of them. They were on the table. Well, this one was mine. The other one was somebody who was sitting next to me. I had a great table in the back. It was great. Um, I, I didn't, I stayed to the end. I stayed until when Will Ginsburg had his remarks and then I bounced cause it was nine o'clock and I was like, Oh, I gotta get out of here. So I left there and, uh, rolled down because the Wyndham Campbell, uh, book stuff is happening at Yale. And so Ife was at that at the Yale art gallery. So I swung by, pick her up, dropped her home and I came on home. But I, the reason why I took this glass, cause it's so substantial. And it says uh, 55 years of health equity in action, uh, the Cornell Scott Hill Health Center, uh, 1968 to 2023. 
So I got me two glasses. You know they're going to end up on the porch. I'm going to use them on the porch. Why not? I use my long wharf glasses. I use everything else. So those will be on the porch. Uh, so if they break, I won't care. <laughs> I won't care. I won't care. Good morning. My first glass of water this morning. Because I drank lots of wine last night at the gala. That was nice. It was good. Oh, their celebration. I got to see uh, Roland Young. Uh, Roland Johnny Young, my friend. I hadn't seen her in a good while. I haven't seen her since the pandemic. So it was really good to see her. And all the folks, uh, you know, I got to see Shanae Drawn. I seen Karen Walton. Like we we in the same universe, so we are always often at the same same things. Um and uh and some of them are linked, so I'll see them again. Uh so it was good. It was a it was a wonderful night. You know, it was good to see Tony Walker. I got to see her and chat with her. I saw her husband Don first. I thought I had a picture with her, but I don't see it. And I'm I'm bummed. I don't see the picture I took with her. So I feel like I took a picture with Eric, which is good, but I don't see the picture I took with Tony. Oh, there it is. I have two pictures with her. She looks amazing. It was really nice to see her. Really nice to see her. So uh, Gary Hogan. I saw Reverend Benita Grubbs, who I hadn't seen in a minute. So it was really nice to see all these folks uh, that I don't get to see. There's so many people I don't get to see on a regular basis. So so it was nice to, you know, be in the space and to see them and talk and catch up. And, and it was nice. It was really, really nice. I I enjoyed it so much. So uh, this is the life. Um, uh, I saw Alicia. She did the tablescape for, for the event, which was really nice. Uh Let's see, who is this? Uh, Alexis Willoughby, which was lovely to see her. I think I'm related to her. <laughs> so uh, I saw Gigi, which was nice. So it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. I had a fun table of people. We laughed. We talked. I met a young lady who was sitting next to me. And I don't know, I was just rambling and going on about something. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm applying to law school this fall. And she said, oh, I, I want to I wanna go to law school. And I said, oh, I have a program for you. I was like, gosh, I wish I would have just met you months before because I would have, you know. But I sent her the link to it. I got her phone number. Miriam, Miriam, the beautiful, talented Miriam. So she got her master's at uh, 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 Alberta's. Girl, had I known, had I known her, I would have had her apply to the to the uh to the uh National Urban Fellows Program, but they're in Georgetown now, so I don't know. But she she's very young, so it looked like she could just, you know, pack up. But anyway, she got her master's at Alberta's. But a law degree, listen, girl, she's young too. She's way younger than me, younger than me. Uh, so she got like she got time. I don't got time. So I gave her the, I said, listen, they already got their cohort that starts in January, but they're going to open it back up. Probably uh, they'll open it back up. So I want you to pay attention to it and uh, follow along when they make the call for the, the next cohort. I'm going to stay on top of it though. I, 
She's in my phone, you know, because I don't delete nothing out of my phone. Like, no messages. I just keep scrolling down. I just, <laughs> I keep all my messages. I keep all my messages. So my little book, My Beauty, came in. This book from, uh, from I picked it from Possible Futures. I saw it, and I ordered it. And uh, they, they ordered it for me and brought it in. It's uh, Alice Walker. And, uh, and, and it's timely because this is uh, Hispanic Heritage and Latin, Latin Origin Month. And um, Alice Walker is not a Latina, but she did these poems uh, in complete Spanish translation. So they're English and Spanish translation. So it's called Taking the Arrow Out of the Heart. And I'm telling you, at the title alone is just gold. The title alone is gold. And and I have to have it because it's a beautifully gold embossed book. It's just beautiful. So I had to have it. Uh, it came uh, yesterday and, and I was like, yes, girl, I want that book. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. You know, and uh, I got it. So I, I love... Uh, and I love that she uh she gives me a little discount, which is sweet. <laughs> but uh I'm you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a poetry lover. I'm a poet first and foremost. Uh I think like a poet. I live I try to go about the world seeing the world as poetry. So it's really nice. So anyway, uh uh I have a revolutionary petunia somewhere. I don't have hard times require furious dancing and the world will follow joy. So I'm going to order those, but I have lots of Alice Walker books, you know, I mean, who among us? And I've read them all. I've read the color purple, the temple of my familia meridian. Uh, I didn't read now's the time to open your heart, but I did read possessing the secret of joy. I don't know why I thought there were more books in her thing. Uh, I read In Search of Our Mother's Garden, and it's a wonderful uh, uh, documentary, uh, a film on uh, Netflix, uh, In Search of Our Mother's Garden, which is lovely. You know, it's it's mother-daughter stuff. And so uh, we are the ones we have been waiting for. And anything we love can be saved. That's one of my favorite titles. Um, and I think about that often. Anything we love can be saved, you know. So doesn't mean it ought to be saved, should be saved, just means can be saved, you know. And and that just opens up a whole uh, opening of yourself, your spirit, whatever it is. So uh but I, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna read some of these a little later, but I I I'm gonna I'm gonna put this book in my bed and I'm gonna uh spend some time. Uh, uh, I'm going to spend some time with this. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to spend some time with thee. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, shout out to my brother, Robert. I don't know if he's listening this morning, uh, but he's listening. Harry, my brother, Robert, was listening yesterday to our 10 o'clock show. And he was like, y'all got started too late having that conversation. <laughs> he was into it. <laughs> He's like, you waited too long. <laughs> get, get into it. <laughs> I was like, Robert, sometimes you got to give the people what they want, what they need, but you got to give it to them in small dosages because 
you know, people be listening. And we ain't trying to get mysteriously disappeared. Not by the government, not by the Russians, <laughs> not by the North Koreans, although the North Koreans ain't coming over here to do nothing. You know, I'm just saying. So I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. So yeah, so last night was wonderful. I had a good time. I had a really good time. Listen, you know you lost weight when your outfits that you wear, you could close the, the, the duster. Because before I couldn't close the duster. I would just let it swing, tie the tie the uh belt behind my back and just let it fall like a duster could fall. That's the beauty of the way I dress. You, I could go up or down and everything still works. Well, anyway, I've lost enough weight. So when I close the duster, it closes. Just, just useless information. No one cares. But I just thought I'd share that. Ozempic, <laughs> you, you're doing all right by me. Now, if I could just get up off my butt and actually move a little bit. So, so yeah. So tonight, uh, I head over to the Susan Clinard party. I'm trying to decide if I want to bring something, only because I know when you are moving out of a space, you don't want nobody bringing nothing, not even a bottle of wine. But I might bring her a bottle of wine because we share the same taste in wine. So I might just bring a bottle of wine. I don't like Susan. I don't care. You got to get home on your own speed, girl. <laughs> I'm gonna bring you a bottle of wine. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. So her party is at seven. So I'm looking for I'm looking forward to that. I see my uh my law school coach uh today at one o'clock. Uh and you know, she's such, you know, she's brilliant personified. Like she's brilliant. I when I sit with her, I'm always in awe. I'm like, oh God, this girl is so smart. Like, uh <laughs> like, oh my God. But uh, and she's so kind. She's so unbelievably kind and generous with her time. Oh my God, I love it. And she just was like, she so believes in me. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, because I've been posting this LSAT journey, this law school, going to law school journey, uh, people have been so supportive of me and, and this journey, this walk I'm taking. I mean, people have really... You know, I feel I feel the love when I'm out there in these streets. People are like, "Girl, we we praying, girl. What where, where you want to go? We praying on it. You you say where you want to go. We we the prayers are right there. You claim it. You claim it. <laughs> Everywhere I go, people. Uh, I feel like Rocky in Philadelphia. Remember when Rocky was training in Philadelphia and people were all excited, running through the streets, Rocky. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like, go, Babs, go. Go, Babs, go. I that's how I feel when I walk out on these streets and people are cheering me on and championing championing me. Really. And it's and it's genuine. Like, people are not just, I don't, first of all, I don't have any haters in my Facebook feed or on my Instagram. I, I'm not one of these people that just let any and everybody follow them. I don't. If you're not team Babs, you team not here. <laughs> Cause I, I, I can't, I can't be out there doing battle with people. And I, and I, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about certain people on my timeline. And, and when I first joined Facebook, I had it all, I had, I had, I was one of these people who had lots and lots of people. And then I realized this is not healthy. And so I, I went through, I just summarily went through and just dropped people, 
dropped them. I swear to God. I said, I'm going to get this down to a thousand people. I think I'm a little over a thousand people, which is fine. But I had like thousands of people. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not having this foolishness, you know. And so, uh, and when I see people who act crazy, I let them go. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have too much of that now because, and it's not that I have like-minded people following me. What I have is sane people who have opposite opinions of on things, but they're not crazy and they're not, uh, they're not mean spirited. I don't have any mean spirited people on my timeline. And if they, and if I see something that I think I might, I might snooze them for 30 days and be like, all right, let me, let me think about them. And then if I come, if they come back into the fold and I'm like, mm, then I let it go. I cut them off. Oh, you're out. You're blocked. Bye. And then I got like a gazillion people sitting in my queue, uh, you know, because I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But I, I, I'm a little, I treat my, um, I treat my, uh, I treat my, my Facebook page and my Instagram. I treat my social media presence a little bit better than when I, when I first started. When I first, when I first got on, you know, I was part of the problem. Not, I mean, not part of the problem, but, you know, I would just wade in the waters like everybody else and be like, oh, oh, but then, but then you could see the toxicity. And first I thought, oh, all right. But then you start seeing swarms of toxicity and you're like, if I don't shut this down, I am part of the problem, right? Because I used to just like, all right, well, that's their opinion. But now I was like, oh, hell no. They would have come on my house. They would come on my house and talk this mess. So I'm not, they're not going to be on my Facebook feed. That's how I, I take it very serious like that. And, uh, I don't have right wing people. I don't. I don't engage in those kinds of conversations. You know, as every now and every now and again, I have a friend who is chopping it up with somebody who's a little crazy, and I might go say, "Listen, blah 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 blah." Uh, but if they if they get too too crazy, I'm like, "Ooh, peace and blessings," because <laughs> I'll peace and blessing you to death. <laughs> I, I don't I don't got no I don't got no stomach for for that and uh and I don't I you know I don't mess with these right wing people I don't mess around with these Trump people because you know they just come at it from a place of stupidity that I just don't have the energy for I just really I just really don't that want to just you know back and forth with this you know false equivalency of things I was like you do realize that's false equivalency <laughs> I just like that is false equivalency that. That's like apples to rocks. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Child, I just let it alone. I was like, all right. So anyway, that's how I, I treat my, my Facebook page. And I don't, you know, so I, so I don't, I, I'll say all that to say, uh, the people that are on my Facebook page are, are more, mainly 90% of the people I actually know, know, you know, uh, uh, not not so much that I know them in in real life, uh, but they were bloggers, and we all came over here together, and so so we know each other's stories, and you know I like their vibe, I like you know, so that's that's pretty much that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much how I roll with that stuff. So so I say all that to say, thank you to all the people that cheer me on. <laughs> that's a long way around ain't it <laughs> Ooh, that is a long way around
but here we are. So, so thank you to the people who uh, run up on me and be like, Babs, go Babs, we got you, we got you, you know, who, who cheered me on uh, in the mornings when I get up at five o'clock in the morning to study for the LSAT, you know, I put in two hours in the morning, that was, that was, oh. <laughs> let me tell you something, I, I can't begin to tell you how glad I am not to be on that LSAT tip, oh, that just was work you know so i i get my my scores come out at some point i guess they'll still send me an email and my my cohort group uh we're in group me uh they'll they, when they'll 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 launch and they'll they'll put in the group chat our lsat scores are here our lsat scores are here you know so you know I mean, it'll be what it'll be. I'll go where I'll go. I'll end up where I'm supposed to be. That's the that's the God's honest truth. So I'm not going to stress about this. I'm not. Because uh, there's no point to it. And uh, what is this? Oh, did I take, when did I take that? September. September. I took the second one in September. I was pleased with the scores I got uh for uh june i mean i did better than i thought i was gonna do so well so the scores come out on the 27th and i'll, I'll be ready i mean I'll, I'll hear them and then that'll be it <laughs> so i get my scores on the 27th uh, so i just got what another uh, next week so They'll hit my mailbox. I just hope I did a little bit better than what I did this time. And then I then I'll really feel good. Then I'll really feel like, all right, all right, all right, I'm in this. I'm in it. I'm in it. We'll see. So yeah, so Wednesday. I'll know Wednesday. I got a lot going on. So uh I got a lot going on that day. But we'll we'll make it work. We'll make it do what it do. <sighs> we'll make it do what it do, child. We'll make it do what it do. I got to go have some blood work done. You know that? I got to go have some blood work done. Uh, I'll figure that out. Maybe next week, sometime next week. Because I see my doctor in October. So maybe... Maybe... Uh, you know, I'm working out my life as I'm doing the show. You know that, right? because <laughs> uh, I leave for Florida on the 20th I fly to Florida Saturday on the 29th uh, because I got to do some stuff I'm doing the links talk with uh, I'm doing the book talk at the New Haven Museum which is really really nice which is really really nice and uh, I like the, the New Haven Museum and so I am doing that talk with uh, Michelle her horde who wrote the book, The Other Side of Yet, and uh, is finding light in the midst of darkness. And, uh, you know, she was the woman, her husband, in the midst of their divorce, uh, killed their child. Just killed her. Now, he's, he's serving life in prison. 
and uh but she wrote this book she's remarried so i'm 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 uh in conversation with her on uh uh september 29th from six to nine so and i'm looking forward to uh talking with her about this book so uh thank you to the to the uh to the links incorporated uh, the new haven chapter of the links for thinking of me and inviting me to this uh wonderful conversation so they always think of me and i i i'm grateful and I'm bummed that their gala is the same night as the Arts Awards. So, you know, ain't there going to be no Black people at the Arts Awards because they all going to be at the links. <laughs> or they going to come to the Arts Awards and then run over to the links. I'm hoping that. Because um, I have a ticket uh, to the links gala, too. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I might be able to run up to the, run up to the links gala from the uh, Arts Awards. I might try it. We'll see what happens, child. I don't want to cut our party short, you know. Uh, but you know, our our event will be from five to probably five to eight or nine. That's about as long as people could stand it. And we'll have a DJ, you know. It won't be that long, so I still might be able to catch a little bit of the links get together. We'll see. I wish I would have known that in advance. I know the links that event is always the same time. Uh, but, you know, that's what it is. So, well, we'll make it work. But I know all the Black people are going to be at the links. Just FYI. <laughs> it's not going to be it's not going to be any Black people at the Arts arts at the arts Awards. It might be some. some the, the few that don't don't get down with the links and i i don't know what that number would even be uh but listen listen that's all right we live in a city that's dynamic that uh spends a lot of time uh gathering people we are a social city believe it or not we are a social city oh my god doing herring picture day oh my gosh oh lord these cute babies. Ooh. Listen, picture day. I remember this a couple of times. I missed picture day. My kids was just like, I was like, why did they sit in no home saying it was picture day? <laughs> well, they did, but my kids failed to give me the damn note. Oh, Lord. All oh, those days. Every time I think about them, you know, I'm glad to be behind them. I guess my son had a, a wonderful birthday. He worked, which was nice. I'm glad that he was at work. <laughs> he was at work. He was at work. He was at work. So um, let me, you know, it is a, it is a Hispanic uh, Heritage Month. And uh, I want to highlight today, I said, uh, I would talk about uh, authors uh, and films. Uh, because from September, must see, ah, I like this. Now, this, now this is good. There are 15 
15 must-see films. Now, I this is not white people saying this. These are 15 must-see films based on books by Latino and Spanish writers. And I got this information from mamalatinas.com. And uh, and I, let me see, when was this done? Because this might it might be old. Oh, this is from 2019. All right. Uh, let me let me look at the list and see what's on it. Okay. Oh, Esmeralda Santiago, uh, almost a woman, a memoir, uh, and it's a film. Uh, Feast of the Goat, a novel by Maria Vargas Llosa. You know, my my friend um, Maricel Vera, who is a a, a noted noted award-winning author in Chicago. Um, I should have her on because I've read two of her books. She's got another, she, she, and she just had a book of, um, she just did a book on, I think the history of sugar cane. I read that book two summers ago. So uh, I'm going to call her up and see if she would be the show, be on the show. And of course, Ali, uh, Isabella Allende, Allende. I'm reading uh, uh, the latest book of hers, uh, but I read The House of the Spirits. Uh, I have it around here somewhere. Uh, I think Queen of the South is a miniseries. Uh, yes, it's a USA miniseries, uh, TV film series. I haven't watched that. Uh, I think it's coming. I think what's in, is that, is this the one? No, Sofia Vergara is coming as something, but not this is not this that story. I don't think or it might be. I gotta look. Huh. Okay. Oh, I tell you, one of my favorite movies, like Water for Chocolate. I love this movie so much. I only watched it one time, and I I haven't watched it a second time. Normally, when I love a movie, I watch it like at nauseum. So I think maybe it might be a good time to revisit like Water for Chocolate. But it was it's it's seared in my brain because it was such a beautiful book. It was such a beautiful book because I read the book, and it was and it was an equally beautiful movie, which is interesting because sometimes, you know, when you translate a book to a movie, you lose some missing parts. Yeah, Queen of the South is, is a series. Oh, is it good, Harry? But it's ended, it's done. Okay. But I know Sofia Vergara is doing something along those same lines. I got to look that up. But like Water for Chocolate is a beautiful movie, you know. And, you know, it's 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 in Spanish with subtitles. And all you people whining about subtitles, get over it. And let me tell you something about subtitles. I, I put subtitles on my on, on my TV for my kids. That's why they're such good readers. Because they, you can't help but read when you have subtitles. So you could hear and read at the same time. That's how Margot was reading at three. Swear to God, she was reading at three. Uh, Love in the Time of Cholera, uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. I think I read that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe I didn't read it. Or maybe I saw the movie. Uh, Los Reyes del Mambo. Okay, the Mambo Kings. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that movie? That's a great movie. That was a great movie. Uh, the Mambo Kings, uh, which starred uh, 
uh, Antonio Banderas, who was just gorgeous uh, uh, in that film. So yeah, you must you must see that film. If you haven't seen it, it would be a good time to see it. <laughs> you know, Celia Cruz and Tito Puente are in that film as themselves. So that might be a good time, you know, revisit that. So, oh, the, the book about Che Guevara, The Motorcycle Diaries. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, no one writes to the colonel. Uh, El coronel no tiene uh, quien le escriba. Yeah, so I, I don't know that one. Palm Trees in the Snow. Uh, I don't know that novel. Uh, Palmeiras. Palm Trees in the Snow. I don't, I don't, it's a movie. I don't know it. The Secret in Their Eyes. The novel. And then the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know that one either. Hmm. Uh, uh, tear this heart out the movie so now I gotta go I wonder if um Netflix has curated um films for uh uh his Hispanic heritage and Latin origin month of Latin or origin month I bet you they did I bet you they did I bet you they did so now I gotta go and look let's see if Netflix has curated uh, yes, the godmother, Griselda. Okay, thank you, Harry. I knew I knew she was in something. The godmother in Netflix's Griselda. And she's like a drug kingpin, right? Like, this is a, a true story. I don't know if I'm ready to see her, you know, as somebody about to kick some ass and kill people. But maybe this might be the role she needs to break her out of um, bombshell mode. You know, because she's she's you know she's always the bombshell. You know, the hot, spicy Latina. So might this might this might um propel her to uh. uh this may propel her to uh, uh, uh hardcore superstardom. You know, people see her as 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 uh, somebody who can hold it down. Do you know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. I love it. So let me let me get to uh let me get to uh Hispanic Heritage Month. Let me see. Uh oh wait, 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 wait. Let me see. Let me see. Cause I, I think this is important. And there's so many things that we don't know. Uh that you learn when you do these searches and you focus on them. That's why we have these months. That's why these are important. <laughs> so let me go back to, uh, uh, I gave you the first, the first couple of days of it. Cause started on the, what the 15th to the 15th. So September 15th to October 15th, um, which is uh, really, really good. Uh, but I want to, I, I started with giving you like the demographic stuff, which is nice. You got, you got the, uh, you got that. Let me, let me go right to books. And then I can tell you uh, best books to read for Latin and Hispanic, Hispanic Heritage Month. And this is put out by um, uh, Penguin Random House. 
But I wonder if they're just putting out their their own daggone books, like the books that they uh, you know. Let me let me see what else is happening. Uh, that that might not be a bad uh, you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, Hispanic Heritage Month books for adults. Not not that I don't got nothing against kids. I don't. But, you know, let me let me see what they got going on. The penguin, penguin random house. And uh, you know, see if they if they being uh, books to read for Latin and Hispanic Heritage Month. So the Vanishing Maps by Christina Garcia. Um, so she the, she's the author of Dreaming in Cuban. So it's a follow up novel that tracks four generations of the Del Pino family against the tumultuous backdrops of Cuba, the U.S., German, and Russia in the new millennium. Oh, that sounds that might be good. Solito by Javier Zamora. A young poet tells the unforgettable story of his harrowing migration from El Salvador to the United States at the age of nine in this moving page-turning memoir held as the mythic journey of our era. Sandra Cisneros said that. <laughs> Solito is Javier Zamora's story, but it is also the story of millions of others who had no choice but to leave home. Okay, okay. Love in the time of cholera. You know this book keeps popping up. I think I need to. Uh, I think I need to read it. In their youth, Florentino Ariza and Fermina Daza fall passionately in love. When Fermina eventually chooses to marry a wealthy, well-born doctor, Florentino is devastated. But he is a romantic. As he rises in his business career, he wiles away the years and. 622 affairs <laughs> yet he reserves his heart for for, Mani, for for mina her husband dies at last and florentino purposefully attends the funeral 50 years nine months and four days after his first declared his love for Fermina, he will do so again oh my god oh that might be an epic epic love story is that a movie too i wonder because that probably would be uh that probably would be pretty to see as a, a movie. Our Share of Night by Mariana Enriquez. A woman's mysterious death puts her husband and her son on a collision course with her demonic family in the first novel to be translated into English by the International Book Prize, a shortlisted author of The Dangers of Smoking in Bed, the most exciting discovery I made in fiction for some time uh, by Kazuo uh, Ishiguro. Okay, our share of night. All right, the Hacienda by Isabel Canyanes. Mexican Gothic meets Rebecca in this debut supernatural suspense novel set in the aftermath of Mexico War of Independence about a remote house, a sinister haunting, and the woman pulled into their clutches. <laughs> no, I'm gonna pass on that. <laughs> Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. I don't need no book that's going to keep me up at night and I got to go to the house and turn on all the damn lights. Nope, not doing it. Hades, Argentina by Daniel Laudel. In 1976, Tomas Orila is a medical student in Buenos Aires where he has moved in hopes of reuniting with Isabel, a childhood crush. 
But the reckless passion that has long drawn him is leading Isabel ever deeper into the ranks of the insurgency, fighting an increasingly oppressive regime. Tomas has always been willing to follow her anywhere to do anything to prove himself. Yet what exactly is he proving? And at the what cost to what at what cost to them both? Raising profound questions about the sometimes impossible choices we make in the name of love. Hades Argentina is a gripping, ingeniously narrated literary debut. That might be good. I bet you that would make a good a good movie too, because it seems like it's sweeping. A Nation of Women by Luisa Capitillo. In concise prose, Puerto Rican artist Luisa Capitillo advocates a, a workers' revolution, forcefully demanding an end to the exploitation and subordination of workers and women. Her essays cover topics such as sexuality, mental and physical health, hygiene, spirituality, and nutrition. At once a sharp critique and a celebration of the gathering fervor of world politics, a nation of women embraces the humanistic thinking of the early 20th century and envisions a world in which economic and social structures can be broken down, allowing both the worker and the woman to be free. Hot dog. That might be a good read right there. Sounds a little more on the academic side, but I'm, 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 I'm willing to embrace it. Okay. Bless me Ultima by Rudolfo Anya. Anaya. 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 Although only six years old, Antonio Marez is perceptive beyond his years. He was brought into the world with the help of Ultima, a curadera, or folk healer, in touch with nature and the spirit world. Ultima's loving tutelage will help him navigate questions of his life and death, good and evil, and reveal to him the vastness of the heritage that shapes him in this pioneering, pioneering work of literature. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, here's, here's one from Isabella, Isabella uh, Allende, A Long Petal on the sea, of the Sea, A Long Petal of the Sea. Uh, from the author of The House of the Spirits comes the epic novel spanning decades and crossing continents as it follows two young people as they flee the aftermath of the Spanish Civil War in search of a place to call home. Okay. Okay, okay, Isabel. Uh, Our Last Days in Barcelona by Chanel Cliton. When Isabel Perez travels to Barcelona to save her sister Beatrice, she discovers a shocking family secret in the New York Times bestselling author Chanel Cliton's new novel. Oh, if you want to know what it is, you got to go read it. <laughs> uh, undocumented. By Dan L. Padilla Peralta. Discover Dan L. Padilla Peralta's journey from a New York City homeless shelter to the top of his Princeton class. Undocumented is essential reading for the debate on immigration, but it is also an unforgettable tale of a passionate young scholar coming of age in two very different worlds. So, a Dominican boy's odyssey from a homeless shelter to the Ivy League. Ah, that might be worth reading. I'm sure it is. Trust, the Pulitzer Prize winner. Da, 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 da. Alert, 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 Pulitzer Prize winner. Trust by Herman Diaz. Hernan, Hernan, Hernan Diaz. At once, an immersive story and a brilliant literary puzzle, 
Trust engages the reader in a quest for the truth while confronting the deception that often live at the heart of personal relationships. The reality warping force of capital and the ease with which power can manipulate facts, an unparalleled novel about money, power, intimacy, and perception. <laughs> Ooh, that might be a, that might make the sh that might make the uh the bookcase. That might make the show or the nightstand. The Chilean Poet by Alejandro Zambra, a writer of startling talent, says the New York Times Book Review. Alejandro Zambra, Zambra returns with his most substantial work yet, a story of fathers and sons, ambition and failure, and what it means to make a family. Oh, that could be a good one. Harry, you might like that one. That might give you a... Uh, uh, you might you might enjoy that read, Chilean Poet by Alejandro Zambra. I like it. The Grief Keeper by Alexandra Villasante. 17-year-old Marisol has always dreamed of being American. She never pictured fleeing her home in El Salvador under the threat of death and stealing across the U.S. border as an illegal. But after her brother is murdered and her younger sister, Gabby's life is also placed in equal jeopardy. She has no choice. With truly no options remaining, Marisol jumps at an unusual opportunity to stay in the United States. She's asked to become a grief keeper, taking the grief of another into her own body to save a life. It is a risky experimental study, but if it means Marisol can keep her sister safe, she will risk anything. She just never imagined one of the risks would be falling in love. Ah, a love that may even be powerful enough to finally help her face her own crushing grief and then they have a link to an audio book oh these stories this sounds like a uh one it sounds a little bit like the uh isabel allende book that i'm reading now uh something about winter and uh it's so it's a i'm almost done because it's just it's just a ride oh lord it's a ride uh the self-made widow by fabian uh uh nicieza 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 from the co-creator of deadpool <laughs> oh wow and author of Suburban Dicks, comes a diabolically funny murder mystery that features two unlikely sleuths investigating a murder that reveals the dark underbelly of suburban marriage. Da -da -da -da! Da -da -da -da! <laughs> I love it. The President and the Frog by Carolina de Robertis. At, this mod at his modest home on the edge of town, the former president of an unnamed Latin American country receives a journalist in his famed gardens to discuss his legacy and the dire circumstances that threaten democracy around the globe. Once known as the poorest president in the world, his reputation is the stuff of myth. A former guerrilla who was jailed for inciting revolution before, before, before becoming the face of justice, human rights, and selfishness for his nation. As engrossing as it is innovative, vivid, moving, and full of wit and humor, the president and the frog explores the resilience of the human spirit and what is possible when danger looms. Ha. Huh. I think I know this story. Or I think I I think there is such a thing as this president of the one of the poorest countries on the earth. I think that was on 60 Minutes or CBS Sunday morning. And uh ah, Naruda on the Park by uh Clavis Matera an exhilarating de debut novel 
following members of a Dominican family in New York City who take a radically different path when faced with encroaching gentrification. Okay, that that looks uh that looks engaging. That looks very engaging. Uh, the next one is Finding Latin X by Paola Ramos. Paola. In this empowering cross-country travelogue, journalist and activist Paola Ramos embarks on a journey to find the communities of people defining the term Latinx. She introduces us to the indigenous Oaxacans who rebuilt the main street in a post-industrial town in upstate New York. The Las Ponderosas, who fight for reproductive rights in Texas, the musicians in Milwaukee, whose beats reassure others of their belonging, as well as drag queens, environmental activists, farmer, farm workers, and the migrants detained at our border. Drawing on intensive field research, as well as her own personal story, Ramos chronicles how Latinx has given rise to a sense of collectivity and solidarity among Latinos unseen in this country for decades. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Oh Lord, there's a there's a there's a lot of books. Oh, I don't think I can get through them all. I might have to come back in the next to come back in the next hour and uh and get back into it. I Latinx might be something I'd want to uh I want to read. I'm gonna go back and check off the books that I want because I don't I don't think I have many books on uh by Latin La, Latino Latin and uh Hispanic and of Latin origin books authors so I might have to uh go back and and check that out so the dangers of smoking in bed oh this is the book she has a new book oh no huh. she has a new book out I believe that I just read it was up at the top by Mariana Enriquez. So she has a, a sequel to it. Not a, I, yeah, part two. So uh We're Not We're Not We're Not From Here by Jenny Torres Sanchez. Uh Woman of Light by uh Kali Fajardo Anstein. Uh Matita, I remember you, Matita de Requero, Requero. Uh, Sandra Cisnero. All right. Yeah. Uh, Why Didn't You Tell Me by Carmen Rita Wong. Oh, I know this story. An immigrant mother's long-held secrets upend her daughter's understanding of her family, her identity, and her place in the world in this powerful and dramatic memoir. Oh, yeah. I've seen this floating around um, Facebook. She didn't know she was uh, Black. Latino or something or other. Uh, Suncatcher by Jose Pimi, uh, Pimenta. Uh, the Man Who Could Move Clouds. Ingrid Rojas Contreras. I Am Diosa by Christine Gutierrez. Wow. Okay, so that's a self-help book, which I think would, would, would be quite helpful for people of Latin and uh, uh, origin and Hispanic history. Uh, but I think, you know, these kinds of books are good for anybody. Uh, I'm Not Broken by Jesse Leon. Uh, Living Beyond Borders by Margarita Longoria. Okay. 
Harvest of Empire by Juan Gonzalez, uh, Loteria, Loteria, Loteria by Carla Arenas Valente. Okay, I think that's a that's a young adult, a child book, a kid book. I think, I think, I think, I think. Crying in the Bathroom by Erica L. Sanchez. Uh, she she also wrote uh, the best New York Times bestselling book. I am not your perfect Mexican daughter. <coughs> and when we make it by Elizabeth Velasquez. So, uh, Sarai is a first generation Puerto Rican eighth grader. So, so this this will be a good book, I think, for young adults. Oh, the daughter of Doctor Moreau, like Doctor Moreau, the the doctor who from the island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> from the best-selling author of Mexican Gothic and Velvet Was the Night comes a lavish historical drama reimagining of the island of Dr. Moreau set against the backdrop of 19th century Mexico. Oh, I don't know. Yikes. I don't know about that one. I have to put a big question mark. Anyway, I'll be back at 1015. We'll go over, we'll run through some more of these because it is a... Uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, and uh, I want to fully sort of celebrate. So I'll be back. <laughs> Hi, this is Bad Girl Biden from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP. 103.5 FM streaming live at newhavenindependent.org
Yo, that's a wrong move. So what you want, Hobbs? Dope a dog food. Competition. I just devour. Like a pit bull against such a wawa. Cause when it comes to being dope, hot damn, I got it good. Now let me tell you who I am. The B I G D A double D Y K A N E. Dramatic, Asiatic, not like many. I'm different. So don't compare me to another. Cause they can't hang. Word to the mother. At least not with the principal in this pedigree. So when I roll on your rappers, you better be ready to die because you're petty. You're just a butter knife. I'm a machete. This may my Kinsu. Wait until when you try the front so I can chop into your body. Just because you try to be basing. Friday the 13th, I'ma play Jason. No type of joke, that game, puzzle, or riddle. The name is Big Daddy, yes, big, not little, so define it. Here's your walking papers, sign it, and take a walk as the cane start to talk, cuz. Etc., etc. It ain't easy being me. 
I speak clearly so you can understand. Put words together like letter, man. Now that's dictation. Proceeding to my innovation. Not like the other MCs that are an imitation or an animation, a cartoon to me. But when I'm finished, I'm sure that you are soon to see reality. My secret technique, because I always speak with mentality. I put my title in your face, dare you to face it. If you try to come get it, yo, I'ma show you who's with it. So if you know like I know, instead of messing around, play like Roy Rogers and slow, slow down. Just give yourself a break, or someone else will take your title. Namely me, because I'm homicidal. That means murder. You sound like the herder, another MC. Try to get with me, I'll just break them and make them and break them and take them and mold them and make them hold them. Try to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story in my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? I whispered in her ear, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I asked her her name, she said blah, blah, blah. She had nine pimp pants and a very big bra. I took a couple of flicks and she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? She said I was very amused. I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid-range. But when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, do you have a man? She tried to pretend, she said, no, I don't. I only have a friend. I'm not even going for it. It's what I'm going to say. You, you got what I need. But you say he just a friend. And you say he just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need. But you say he just a friend. But you say he just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need. Work for it at this time. I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime. Cause I have friends, and that's a fact. Like Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack. Forget about that, let's go into the story About a girl named blah 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 that adore me So we started talking, getting familiar Spending a lot of time so we can build a relationship Or some understanding how it's gonna be in the future we was planning Everything sounded so dandy and sweet I had no idea I was in for a treat After this was established, everything was cool The tour was over and she went back to school I called every day to see how she was doing every time that I called her it seemed something was brewing I called the rumor got picked up and then I called him and I said yo who is that oh he's just a friend She was there the first semester of the school year. 
I went to a gate to ask where was the dorm. This guy made me fill out a visitor's form. He told me where it was, and I was on my way. To see my baby doll, I was happy to say. I arrived in front of the dormitory. Yo, could you tell me where is door three? They showed me where it was for the moment. I didn't know I was in for such an event. So I came to a room and opened the door. Oh, snap! Guess what I saw? A fella come kissing my girl in the mouth. I was so in shock, my heart went down south. So please listen to the message that I sent. Don't ever talk to a girl who says she just has a friend. Has a friend. Has a friend. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. My brother's doing bad, on my mother's TV. Says she watches too much, it's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night. Can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bar education, double digits, and flavor. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. On Kane Kong, standing on my back, can't stop to turn around. One oh three point five. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a plane. Don't push me. Call. I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Welcome back to the second hour of Love, Bad, Love Talk on 103.5 WNHH. Of course, we're live streaming on the New Haven Independent and Facebook and YouTube and all the places where you get your live streaming stuff from. <laughs> Happy 100th birthday to Beulah Heights. That is so, I you know, founded in 1923. I guess it is 100 years. Shoot. You know, uh, Beulah Heights was a part of my 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 childhood because I I grew up in uh, Ebenezer Chapter Chap uh, Ebenezer Chapel when they were on Columbus Avenue, and then they moved, I guess, to Dwight or wherever they moved to. And so we would always have uh, opportunities to spend time with the folks at Beulah Heights. So I see I'm reading I'm up on the New Haven Independent site, and Alan Thorne who I've known since I was a child. I didn't know he became a, a pastor. Um, he, he married into the uh, to, to the uh, Beulah Heights church family and um, became an assistant pastor under uh, Harold Brooks, uh, uh, under, uh, under uh, Bishop Brooks, and now heads uh, Assistant Pentecostal Church in Norwalk, Grace, Mercy, and Peace Ministries. So, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I remember Allie climbed up through the corporate ranks and I didn't know he went into ministry. That Pentecostal stuff, though, mm, can't do it. But happy, happy, <laughs> happy uh, 100 years. Uh, happy 100 years. That is something. That's a that's a rich uh, legacy and a rich history, honestly. So Beulah Heights, high five. Uh, and they do good work. I've had them on the show a couple of times. Uh, some of the stuff that they've been doing, reaching out to young people, uh, the way they feed people, the way they develop that neighborhood uh, over there on Dixwell. So, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So high five. High five, Dixville Church. So I'll make sure I pull that for the uh for the inner city. That's good to know. That is such good news to know. High five. So uh and high five to West Haven for getting uh some arts, some kind of arts thing going on, you know, a corralling a place to, to have art. That's pretty that's pretty good. Um so they they got a, a space so that they can um run arts west uh and and umbrella impact so they're nonprofits um uh so that's cool i'm i'm very happy about that so they've got a little space 425 square foot two room office space at 377 main street in west haven uh and they are held by uh, Eleanor Slamba and Nazira Clayton. High five. See, it takes women to get stuff done. Let me tell you something. It takes women. So uh, they announced this space on Make Music Day this year and they, they uh, cut the ribbon behind the building on Tuesday afternoon. So the outgoing Nancy Mayor Nancy Rossi as well as several elected West Haven City officials and close to 2,000 artists attended. How You know what? Let me tell you something. When you can get an arts program, uh, arts commitment, arts culture, arts anything in your community, uh, that makes your city livable. Um, it becomes a uh, uh, if you uh, an economic driver. Uh, it becomes a place where people want to be, a pe a destination. So high five for them for pulling this off. And uh, and let me tell you something, we got you at the arts council. We'll we'll provide all kinds of support. Let us know what you need, uh, because that's such a that's such a good thing, such a good thing. So I'm pleased. So there's some art in West Haven, y'all. There's some show enough art in West Haven. High five, you know. So yeah, see, I see Nelson. Uh, so they got some they got some arts there. So uh, the mill the okay, well, do they fall under the Milford Arts Council? Because we're not gonna steal them. <laughs> Well, we will uh, we will lend support if we need it. The new the Greater New Haven Arts Council. I know Milford's got an arts council. Uh, go ahead, Mac. Uh, and so uh, Raheem Nelson works for uh, the Milford Arts Council. He's the marketing director. High five! Now that I did not know, I did not know that. So now I know. So, yay, this is good. Uh, so I'm glad that now West Haven has a place for artists to be central and seen and heard. Um, and then they, they could uh, they could uh, pull together. So that's good. I have to make sure I shout them out um, at our at our at our meeting because that's that's good news. And it's 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 at the uh, arts paper. It's up on the arts paper. Uh, Lucy wrote this piece on the twentieth, two days ago. So it's up it's up on the uh, up on the uh, arts the arts council going to have in the arts paper. So yeah, I mean I think I think that's a good uh, I think that's a good idea. And I I've been listening to people talk about how good an idea that is. So you know, and if you have a chance, make sure you check out the. Uh, the uh the independent review crew 
I mean, they are putting out some good stuff. I mean, every time I read something, I feel like I just want to go right there and see it. <laughs> I want to, I want to go right there and see it. I do. I want to, I want to go. Uh, I want to go see it. So, so yeah. So make sure you read some of that. I'm telling you, art is. If if you don't have art, if you don't have any kind of art exploration, art uh, exhibitions art expression in your places where you live get some and ask people to get together and help you do that really because art is can be a driving economic force um it can bring people together in ways that other things polarize now i'm not saying all art is is friendly and loving and gentle and kind no but all art is provocative and thought provoking and that's what you want art to be and art does not ask you to like it or love it. Art asks you, think about this. That's the that's the overarching question that art asks. It doesn't ask you to love me. It doesn't ask you to hate me. It doesn't ask you to do anything other than think about this. Walk with it. What is troubling? What is underneath? What is What does it bring up for you? How does this make you feel? That's what art should be. And then after you do all that, right? Then you could have, you know, the the very sort of you could have deep you could have deep questions, uh, life affirming questions, life life affirming conversations about is this art or whatever whatever, uh, or you could have very esoteric kinds of conversations about it. Uh, but it, I, one but one thing I do know is that art is the, is ask the question, and the question is unique to all of us. So when you see a piece of art, particularly art that you hate or you don't understand, or you think you hate, you know, because you can't wrap your brain around it. Maybe maybe that just means someone has to lay it out for you to see it a little differently, you know. Like Jacob, Jacob Perdon did for me when I said, I saw a slave play in New York. I absolutely hated it. Like, I hated it. Now, I still hate it, but because he's an educator, he pointed out some things that I would have missed had I not spoken to him about it. And I think that's that's the joy of having artists around us and in our midst because they can give you a perspective on something that you would not have even ventured into. That's why I love being around artists. That's why I hang around artists. That's why I support artists. Because they they make you think about the world in the, outside of your own zone. They just make you think out of out of your own box, and and if it wasn't for Jacob Perdon, I would have I would have just probably went to my grave hating slave play. I mean, I am going to go to my grave hating slave play, but I have a better understanding and awareness of what it what it is. You know, I don't like it. I still don't like it, but but I've got some awareness and some intelligence about it, and I could go oh. Okay, I still hate it, but but it's a different. It's a it's a it's a little bit of a turn. It's a little bit of a turn, you know. And and I'm never gonna say I don't think people should see this. And I know art is like that. Like people can make stuff and and it could drive us mad and be like, oh, this is not for the world consumption. We cannot show this. This is. You know, and we say we don't want things to be shown because we don't want people influenced or harmed. 
right? I think that's the thinking, right? When we when we when we when we ban stuff, like these fools run around banning books in this day and age, like they Nazis. <laughs> like like that's all that's the only thing I could think of. Nazis. Like Nazis had whole burning parties and stuff. Like these 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 Republican crazy people burning books. Now they're not actually burning books. What they're doing is they're burning boxes because they don't want to buy the books to actually burn the books. <laughs> ain't that something? You committed to burning books, but you ain't really burning books. <laughs> because you're not going to go steal. Are you going to go steal books? What are you going to do? You're not going to go steal books. So, uh, because that that's a crime. So, and you're not going to spend your money buying books. Because let me tell you something. If you buy the book, the publisher and the author of the book was like, well, uh, my job here is done. <laughs> you you bought the book. Whether you read it or not, that's on you. So, so they're not going to do that. So these fools have taken to just burning cardboard boxes letting cardboard boxes stand in for books. <laughs> they can't even be good Nazis. <laughs> they can't even be halfway decent, ferocious, mean-spirited Nazis. Always shortcuts with these people. Always, always shortcuts. <sighs> anyway, gosh, I'm telling you, that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And I've seen a lot of ridiculous things, let me tell you, lots. So so anyway, I say all that to say, um, when you ban things, you just, you just, you know, your your level of ignorance has taken over. Uh, and I, I don't believe in not letting kids read whatever they want to read. My kids read everything. Now, there were some books that I thought weren't age appropriate for the moment, but I always put it away. I put it up on the shelf. I was like, listen, when you get to this place, in your capacity, you know, if you grow up a little bit more, then you could read this book. Because some books require adult conversation if somebody is, you know, if a child is reading it. Like I, so I never said books were off limits. I just said, okay, let's here, read some of this, this, this to get up to this point, then you could read that, right? And that simply just means uh, you've not had enough world experience to get to this point in this, uh, to, to this book. But when you get to this place, you are here, take it, read it, and we'll talk about it. And my kids will tell you that's how I talk to them about books. I, there was no books off limits. Although I will say this, I, I was a little bit of an asshole about uh, comic books, but I have since changed my tune because, and I, and I changed it then, I changed it rather quickly because I was like, I wanted them to be reading hardcore books, but I felt like they naturally read, my son Gregory naturally read comic books and then graphic novels and then and then goosebumps and then all that other kind of stuff. So he got there. You know, I just wanted him to be a little faster. But that's just mommy mess. That's not anything about him. You know, I was just, I didn't want him to be stuck in comic book world. But he wasn't. He read other things, you know. So uh, that's just the way of the world. So, so, so yeah, so I, I never, I never banned books. And I, I have friends who wouldn't let their kids read Harry Potter books. I didn't understand that mess. I was like, you, cause you think witchcraft is, is, is a thing. I mean, witchcraft is a thing, but I mean, we have urban ass, black ass kids. They not, 
they're not sitting on the street corners going, you know, uh, let me let me cast some spells. <laughs> they're not getting in groups talking about less, you know. I mean, who among us hadn't, you know, had a Ouija board, got in a room and turned off all the lights and put our hands on the Ouija board and swear some spirits was moving it. We all have done that. How many of us has has, has not done uh, some love potion? Because, you know, there's somebody, an object of your desire, and somebody got hold of some old, you know, if you write if you write their name on a piece of paper and you put a piece of your hair in there, and if you get a piece of their hair or something that belonged to them, and you tie it all up and you bury it, that that, that true love would blossom. We, I've done that. I need to go back and dig that mess up and be like, oh, Lord, don't make this come true. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I my kids read all the Harry Potter books and we read them in tandem every summer because they would come out, you know, they would come out like clockwork. You know, you could depend on a Harry Potter book or two to come out. And so for like a decade, they were coming out and we just would read them. And, you know, they were substantial. So it would take the whole summer to read one, you know. And so we would buy one Harry Potter book and we would sit in a circle in the living room and we would spend an hour reading Harry Potter. Um, and then and then and then when the movie started coming out, they had already had a point of reference for it. So so I so I so I never I never said don't read anything. I think there are some books that some like I'm not gonna give a six-year-old a Dean Koontz book and like have at it. No. I can't even read a Dean Koontz book. That mess scared the crap. I remember I read it in college. I was at my uncle's house in Columbia, South Carolina, my uncle Lonnie's house. I was there on break, Thanksgiving break. And I had picked up the Dean Koontz book from the library. Because I was reading all these little, I was reading his books. Him and uh, um, um, the other little mystery guy, uh, Stephen King. I was reading these books and I was like, oh, scared myself half to death. Well, I read one Dean, Cook's, Dean Koontz book too many. And I <laughs> And it was a it was a rainy, thunderous night, and the lightning and the st scared me half to death. I threw that book down. I was like, you know what? I'm done, 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 done with this kind of stuff on my brain. I don't know why I was reading this. I was devouring these books. And then I was like, and then that one book, it was like that one last book. I can't tell you what it was. I mean, I can tell you what it is. I just don't want to conjure it up. Uh and it just scared me so badly. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. And so I left it alone. So so, I, so books are not off limits. I don't believe any book should be off limit. I mean, I, I remember when I read Mein Kampf when I was, when I was a teenager. My, my Jewish English teacher gave it to me. And she was like, this is the evil that men do. And I did not understand what she meant. I did not understand it. And I and I I read that book and I I tore out the pages. When I finished it, I tore out the pages and I threw that book away because I thought I I knew enough to know this is a level of crazy that I I can't. I, I felt the same way about Atlas uh, 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 Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand. I I I felt the same way about that mess too. I was like, okay, now this is crap. But I would never say people shouldn't read it. Because I, I, I don't think you can fight what you don't know. And you have to be able to fight what you don't know. You know, you have to be able to fight knowing. You know, you have to fight with, with some intelligence about what this is. So, so, yeah, so those are the two books in my life that I've ever destroyed 
uh, and gotten rid of. Swear to God. So uh, I don't, I don't really like to talk about that because I don't I don't believe in the destruction of books. But for my own, it, it was more of this is how I have to purge this mess out of my system. And I got the book from my 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 teacher, my Jewish teacher, who thought she said this is the evil that men do. I didn't understand that. And then and then we kind of talked about it. I don't remember how we talked about it, you know. Um, but Miss Procock was. She, I just loved her so much because she just saw me. She saw me as smart and uh, she just saw me as smart and, and, and articulate. And, and I normally don't like people to say I'm articulate, but she, she knew I had a voice. She saw it and, uh, and she just, she just stoked it. She stoked it uh, with, in a very, in very gentle kinds of ways. You know, you get these good ass teachers who could see in a kid what a kid can't see in them. And sometimes their their family and friends can't see what's in them. But she saw me. She knew I was a writer. She knew I had a wonderful sounding voice and that this voice could could uh, command, take command. She So she knew that. And, and she thought I had a fine mind for a kid. She thought I had a fine mind. And so she stoked it. You know, I just was like, I was just enamored of her. And she was like a little petite woman, white, gray hair with ground glasses. And uh, and uh, it was like a mushroom haircut kind of vibe. <laughs> but she was smart as, I mean, I, I still think about, I couldn't tell you who the hell else was my teachers in high school. I freaking couldn't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you. I certainly can't tell you. I don't know who taught what. I don't know who taught math. I don't know nothing. But I can tell you who taught literature, <laughs> English lit. <laughs> Barbara Prokop taught English lit at Eli Whitney School when I was there from 1979 to 1981. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm sure she is, I'm 60 years old. So and she she was old. I, and she might not have been old, but I, I'm sure she's passed on now because I'm 60. And uh, she had she had a head full of gray hair back in the day, so I know uh, Miss Procott is not around. I you know I should do a search and see, but I I you know she meant everything to me and she got me on this path. Her and uh, my my father, you know the psychopath abuser that he was. Uh, but before those moments, uh, he he was an ardent reader. And, and, you know, he gave me um, Man, Child, and the Promised Land. <laughs> and, uh, and he would read um, Iceberg Slim. He gave me Iceberg Slim books. <laughs> I swear to God, I must have been like 12. I'm reading. <laughs> I'm reading Iceberg Slim. I'm reading um, Soul on Ice. I'm reading um, um, uh, Message to a Black Man by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I'm reading. I'm not kidding you. I'm like 11, 12 years old. And, uh, and my father's like, here, read this. Here, read this. I mean, my father was a brilliant guy. He was stupid and crazy and a sociopath and a, and a molester and abuser and a child trafficker. But beyond that, <laughs> he was brilliant. And, uh, and we, 
we had a love of books and westerns because my father would watch westerns every Saturday or sometimes late at night whenever there's a western on. So he liked westerns and he liked books. And my father was an avid reader. He always had books around him. He was always reading books. So I grew up reading because I, I loved my father and I, and I, you know, I wanted to make him proud of me. And so I read books like he read books. So whenever he finished the book, I would just pick it up and read it. <laughs> So, so I honestly don't Oh my God. I I think about that all the time. I was like, you know, my father's like, here, yeah, read this. I was like, okay, Dad. <laughs> and I would get to reading it. I was like, I didn't understand none of this mess. And some of these books was way, 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 way above me, way out of my <laughs> Some of these books, I read these books and I was like, I have gone back and read some of these books. And I was like, oh, shoot, my father, let me read this crazy stuff. I've since gone back and read uh, Man Child in the Promised Land, Soul on Ice. Because, you know, I had to read Soul on Ice when I was in college. So I remember, you know, and, and then and then I realized this machismo tome, <laughs> you know, it was just so, oh, God. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing about men, women dynamics, or patriarchy, or any of that foolishness. And Soul on Ice is just patriarchal craziness. But all right, <laughs> all right. But I, you know, I I remember reading it back, reading it again. I, I remember telling my teacher, "God, I was like, I read this when I was like 10. <laughs> she, and I think right then and there, she's like. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I see how this is problematic. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, no, I didn't do that to my kids. I, I didn't just throw books at them like that. But, uh, but uh, there's always books in our house and their father was an avid reader. Lawrence is an avid reader too. But, you know, Lawrence, Lawrence is not a novel reader. He is, he is straight nonfiction. I'm gonna read about the boxcar revolution. I'm gonna read. <laughs> I'm gonna read about Che Guevara. I'm gonna read about. <laughs> you know, he 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 is that guy, and and he liked a lot of uh, conspiracy kind of stuff too. So so we read. He read a lot of conspiracy. But the kids grew up seeing us, both of us, reading lots and lots and lots and lots of books, and so 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 we instilled that in them. You know. And uh, uh, I know Brianna, Brianna, out of all of the children, Brianna is the most one that reads the most. Uh, she reads a lot. Uh, Margot is like second. You know, she 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 falls in and out of love with books, you know, but she ought to read more because she's brilliant. And uh, and Brianna, I need Brianna to read more black stuff. I just said it. So I'm gonna gift her some some books because she she needs to read some more black stuff. Like girl, read some black stuff. And that'll that'll help you, you know, sort sort your brain a little bit. You know, that's I think that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna gift her. I'm gonna pull together some books and get her brain right. Like girl, you know, you 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 uh you gotta read some books that put something in your mind. So I'm gonna I'm gonna help her with that. <laughs> she ain't gonna see it's coming. I'm like, hey, just pick this up, read it, see what you think. 
What do you think? Think about this, you know. And that's what you have to do with kids. And don't accept anyone to read. You know, because I used to build it in. I was like, listen, you want to watch TV? This is how much time you got to read. For every hour of television, you got to watch an hour. You got to read an hour and a half of books or something like that. And we had these little, uh, we had these little counter things so they could keep track of, uh, you know, what they read when they read and little charts. I mean, little charts. And they could read, you know, um, and I didn't care what they read. You could read anything you want. As long as you spend some time reading, you know, and and mostly uh, anytime before you go to bed. And when I could control that when they were young, before they went off to high school, um, it was so ingrained in them that they it became a habit, you know. And now I think they'll find their way back to reading in the ways that they were taught to read, you know, because, you know, you're a kid, you rebel. You're like, oh, my stinking parents got me reading. I don't want to read no stinking books. You know, but now they're aging and they're like, oh, a book. <laughs> oh, I, I think I might want to read this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might want to. So, and that and that's just the way, way it goes. That's just the way it goes. And so, uh, uh, I say all that to say this banning of books is ridiculous. And, and I'm going back to saying, High five West Haven for creating space for artists. That is the beginning of liberation. Um, and that is uh, that is the foundation for civilization. That really is. You know, we spend a lot of time anti-gunning, but we got to be pro-booking, pro-books. Because these fools, they just want an empty head and loaded guns. That's what they want to run around with. And I surmise... We need to have empty guns and loaded heads. You know, <laughs> we got to get people reading because when you read, you are connecting. Do you know what I mean? When you are reading, you are connecting to whatever the story is and where in the world it is or wherever it's happening, you are connecting. And that's what you want. You want people to get out of this other, 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 other mentality and, and bring humanity right there in the pages, you know, whatever it is. And you and you become one with that book. You know what it is to become one with a book? You cannot put it down. You're reading it. It's so good to you. You're like, oh my God, I care about what this is, the subject matter, whatever it is. Fiction, nonfiction alike. Fiction, nonfiction alike. You you start to you like, okay, I'm gonna learn something here. Or oh, I like this character. Oh, oh, I did not know this. Oh, do you know what I mean? This situation is compelling. That, that's it. That's it. So I, I'm an avid book reader. So I gave you a bunch of books to think about for uh, Hispanic Heritage Month uh, by uh, uh, Latin and Hispanic authors, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, uh, lots and lots of books. And if you go to your local bookstore, and I have one in my neighborhood, in my city, Possible Futures, uh, you, Lauren, will be more than happy to point out uh, authors of Latin and Hispanic, uh, of Hispanic and Latin origin uh, authors. Happy to do that and curate a wonderful reading list for you. And then you can pick and choose books at your leisure to read. And uh, I'm inviting people to pick up books by uh, 
his Latin and Hispanic authors to read this month. You still got time. You got until October 15th. But don't shut it down there. Keep it going. Keep it going. So, so I'm going to read you. I'm about to jump out of here, but I wanted to read you a poem uh, by uh, Alice Walker in her book of Taking the Arrow Out of the Heart. Uh, includes complete Spanish translation. Uh, I think I'm going to try to do it in Spanish and then and then I'll do it in English. So, and this is a little short one. De un ser que podrías jamás conocer. Conocer? Conocer. De un ser que podrías jamás conocer. And this simply means of a being you may never know. Indaba, my children, by Credo Mutwa. Isn't that pretty? That is so pretty. That is so, so pretty. So, so pretty. So, so yeah. So, you know, I don't speak Spanish, but I'm trying to do a little something, something, something. You know, I'm trying to trying to do a little something, something. And uh, I'm on my way out. So, Finalmente, uh, uh, Martin despues de todos los años secos de lavar tu recuerdo a menudo en silencio lo sabemos por nuestra lágrimas. Finally, Martin, after all the dry years of bearing your memory, most often in silence, we know it by our tears. So, I'm on my way out. No, Harry, wasn't Chinese. <laughs> I don't know if that was Spanish. <laughs> I listen, I I don't I don't say my Spanish is perfect. I'm I'm in a tent. We all got to attempt. <laughs> I'm attempt every day. At one point I'm gonna get it right. So adios. Adios. Enjoy your weekend. That's gonna be a problem, problem. That's gonna be a real big problem. That's gonna be a problem, problem. Next week, let's find some Spanish music, Harry. I'm innocent, my paper's legit, but that wasn't gonna stop him from giving me shit. He's walking to my door, tapping on my glass, telling me his reasons for what he called fast. Doesn't matter, got no time to stress. Can somebody be my witness? Frustrated, irritated while I'm sitting in court, looking at the jury, feeling no support. My lawyer telling me to take plea. I can see the judge's eyes saying I should agree. But that's gonna be a problem, problem. That's gonna be a real big problem. That's gonna be a problem, problem. That's gonna be a real big problem. Left my girl home, now I'm rolling on my own. No shame that I pregame, secrets how to save. That's just how I do, and my friends do. But now I'm clubbing like a fool. Supermodel shape like a coat bottle, kill a smile like a style, all the fellas going wild. Let's connect, got the tech that she expect. This is something I regret from my pocket, she's a threat. Here she comes. Hey, what's up? What you think? Did she just wink? Stay focused. What's your name? Uh, buy me a drink. That's gonna be a problem, problem. That's gonna be a real big problem. That's gonna
gonna be a problem, problem. That's gonna be a real big problem, real, real problem.